another episode of How's the Market, a podcast for owner-occupiers that gives you tips, tricks, and up-to-date real estate information from on the ground across Melbourne and Geelong. This podcast is brought to you by Tommy Buyers Agency. My name is Tristan Larkin, and with me, I have my co-host, Jonah Howard. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, sir. How are you? Pretty damn good, mate. No complaints here. Though, I, I want to just jump straight into the, this week's episode. This one, we're talking about apartments, so and specifically apartments for first-home buyers. Um, and are they a good purchase? It's, it seems to me that it's a typical journey for first-home buyers where they might see their friends purchase a property, they might check some calculators online wondering you know, what their deposit was, how much repayments are, they might speak to a mortgage broker to see if they can actually get finance. Typically, they find out they can probably purchase a bit sooner than what um, they might be expected, which we find is pretty typical. Then they get pre-approved, they start looking at properties, and realize that they probably can't afford a house, you know, maybe where they've grown up with family. And then they're faced with a decision. And the decision is, do I buy an apartment closer to the city? Do I buy a unit a bit further out from the city? Or do I buy a house on the fringe suburbs? It's typically what people are faced with if they've got a budget somewhere between $500,000 and $900,000 even. So then they've got these questions of like, well, what should I buy? What should I look at? And ultimately, it's likely going to come down to lifestyle and personal preference. Like that should be the main factor. We do encourage first home buyers to look at their first purchase through the lens of an investment because you will wish that you have done that in five to 10 years time. Though also, if you don't want to be close to the city, and you hate the city life, like you're probably not going to want to buy an apartment and vice versa. If you love the city, and I was chatting with someone this week actually that said that they viewed living on just in the suburbs as like farm life. Like it was awful. They couldn't stand it and they just didn't want to do it at all. And and for that reason, then like no worries at all. Like that, that makes total sense. If it's something that you absolutely hate, um, something that we're probably going to jump in in a, a future episode is the whole concept of rent vesting. And I think that has got some merit in a conversation like this. But for now, if we're just looking at, you know, yes or no, if you're a tradie and you're own like a ute and you've got a work car as well, plus you've got a dog, you're going to prefer a big backyard and then that's totally fine. Though, I had a very interesting conversation a couple of weeks ago and I think that needs to be like given some attention in a time like this because the financial aspect of purchasing an apartment or purchasing a house can be can be a drastically a drastic mistake for for a first home buyer. So this first home buyer jumped on a call, he sent me a few properties that he wished that he'd purchased and said, "Hey, you know, this is the brief. This is what um, I'm looking for. And he sent me this one in the suburb of Malvern East. So it's a great suburb for starters. It's got some premium houses, some really nice blue chip, big federation homes that, you know, selling for two to $7 million, like on standardly. And he sent me this apartment, however, and this is what the numbers surrounding the apartment look like so it was first sold off the plan in october 2017 for nine hundred and thirty thousand dollars 
it was finished construction in 2020 and it was sold in March 2023 for $660,000. So this purchaser had made a $270,000 loss over nearly six years. And that equates to a negative 6% loss year on year. Guys, I know this is like, we kind of read this and it's shocking and we may kind of smile about it, but this poor person is down $270,000. If this is a first home buyer or a middle income kind of person, unless they're like an ultra wealthy person, this is going to set them back God knows how much. So you really need to, this kind of, tells us how much you need to, your first home needs to be a good investment and you need to know what you're doing because you do not want to be this person because that's going to probably screw them up for life. They're still paying interest on that and yeah, that could be, it could really put them in a lot of trouble for the next 20, 30 years. So really, yeah. you need to know what you're doing. That's a good point, man. So like you look at this as like a, it's a $270,000 loss, but it, there's so many other things that you could consider. So yeah, interest on the loan that they would have been paying. So interest over the loan over a six-year period, like you're paying a lot of interest because you typically pay a higher percentage of interest at the start of the loan in comparison to towards the end of the loan. So a large majority of their repayments would be interest. So that's the first thing to consider. You'll also have stamp duty on the way in and you've got selling costs on the way out. So you've got agent fees to consider. Like th- there's a lot more expenses. You've got council rates, water rates, everything else that like goes along with property. So that two hundred seventy thousand dollar loss is quite easily three hundred three fifty thousand dollar loss if you if you look at like the value of that over the six years. And then another thing to consider is opportunity cost. So that's what that's what we like to talk about when you're looking at property and like whilst it shouldn't be an investment, if they had have spent that nine hundred thirty thousand dollars on a house. Or even just something, even just a different apartment, something that has a higher component of land to it, that nine hundred thirty thousand dollars could quite easily have been a one point two million dollar sale, in you know over a six year period. Like that's not out of the question at all. It's in fact that that would be like a quite a standard result for the Australian real estate market. However, this poor person's gone backwards, like three hundred thousand dollars plus, and. If, if you think of like some of their friends that may have bought at the same time for a similar price and they're selling their home six years later for 1.2 and these guys are selling for 660 like that could be that could be devastating for someone right like and, and Jonah's right like this isn't this isn't a minor setback that could be you know like declaring bankruptcy and starting all over again so it's just it's a really shocking story in some situations like that. Um, and, and one of the other things I didn't even mention in that cost breakdown is is body corp and owners corp fees. Like for some of those apartment complexes that I've seen with the lifts, there's 108 in the building, or you know 180 or 200 or whatever. They've got gyms, they've got pools, they've got a concierge service, all of that stuff. You could be spending six, eight, twelve thousand dollars a year on on body corp. So you know I don't even want to consider what that could cost like they could be looking at you know over 350 closer to four hundred thousand dollars in lost over that time so it's just yeah you need to you need to understand the numbers though i don't want this to be totally negative against apartments because some apartments have actually performed quite well and some apartments that we've seen even in the exact same suburb because we've looked at apartments in um in malvern east for clients before and we've found some that have achieved a four to five percent growth year on year over 20 plus years 
Um, so and like it might not be as strong in terms of capital growth as some houses, but I mean, you never know what could happen in the future. Maybe they'll become more in demand. Though even if you're not considering that, like you're just looking on the past data, some of them have performed quite well. So I just sort of want to touch on what these apartments typically look like. So if you're looking for an apartment and you think, you know, hey, I want to be closer to the city, that's the lifestyle for me. These are the ones that we think are typically better and perform quite well. So they're typically built in the 50s or the 60s or the 70s. They're the older style apartments. They're the flats. They walk up. They don't have lifts. So typically you walk up like a flight of stairs to get to the top level. They're, we usually look at ones where it's like 12 or less on the block. So, you know, there's you know one of eight, one of 10, one of 12. That's like a good number to, to sort of aim for. They're typically in great locations. So a lot of those old apartment blocks were built in prime locations not exactly on main roads like a lot of the ones are now or like just on train lines around train stations they're in some of the best streets and on those streets you might see a bunch of other period homes that are all worth four million dollars and then there's one apartment block or there's two apartment blocks in the street that have got sort of 10 ish on them and they're some of the higher performing ones. We've even seen um, some on the busier roads with larger amounts in the complex. So they're one of 30, but they've just got like beautiful entrances. They're all really well-sized rooms as well. Like they don't get the really skinny ones. They've got much better outlooks. Um, They don't exactly have the privacy concerns that a lot of the apartments have where there's an apartment building right next to you, just looking straight into your living room and you're looking into theirs. And they're typically built around fantastic amenities. Like you're closer to the city, you're probably pretty close to public transport. You've probably got extremely good cafes, restaurants, bars, gyms all around you. And look, if you're if you're a first home buyer, I, look at those. They that have much lower body corp fees too. Um, we think that they're something that you know you could potentially consider if if that's the lifestyle and the apartment that you want. Um, you should just have a look, speak to someone like we're obviously not giving financial advice here, but I think the the whole message that we're trying to put for apartments is some of them can be good purchases. Totally understand if you want to live in an apartment and you want to live in this amenity and this area. Um, but just make sure that you do the due diligence. You look at the numbers, you look at uh, like what the owner's corp fees are um, and you have an understanding of what the capital growth history is for that apartment and that complex just so that you know this is what it's done in the last 10 years this is what it could be so if you're if you're buying off the plan there is no history there is no evidence that the property has performed well in capital growth so if you're buying yeah if you're buying off the plan you have no idea whether it's going to go up down or sideways because there is no history to go off if you're buying an established home there is sales that you can go off perhaps it was built in the 80s or whatever and you can see how much that it's grown over time. That's why I'm a bit hesitant on off the plan or very hesitant on off the plan. It's because you really don't know and no one knows whether the price is going to go up or down. So base your purchase off evidence. And do you want to touch on, you've got an in the media article that I know that uh, was quite interesting. Do you want to touch on this as well? Absolutely. So the article is more buying interest from those downsizing and first home buyers helped by parents. So with interest rate rises making it as difficult ever as ever to purchase your first home, 
first home buyers are turning to the bank of mum and dad to enter the market. Parents who are in a position to do so are helping their kids across Australia enter the property market with their life savings helping their deposits. This could be a reality down the line if you want to buy, buy in a big city, the largest deposit that's required may just be unreachable on your own. Potentially, it's like a $200,000 deposit if you want to live in, in somewhere good and that's, a, that's going to take a long time to save. So, uh, Another strong trend in the market right now is downsizers, retirees who have enjoyed the benefits of the strong property growth through COVID-19 and are now ready to downsize and buy their new homes in cash. So if you bought a home in, say, 2019 and then you just sold it, say, this year or last year, you could have had some really, really strong growth. So hey, kudos to them. But well, happy retirement to them. Could potentially... I saw an article, another article that said that they bought a 1.8... These retirees bought a $1.8 million home in cash. So... Good on them. They've worked hard. They bought when they were young and now they're reaping the rewards. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> that would be nice. Honestly, we're, we see it quite often too, like especially with some of our clients. Um, even like a lot of the first home buyers that we work with might have a bit of help from mum and dad. Yeah. And when I say a bit of help, it it sort of ranges between, you know, or like sometimes we've heard, oh, the grandparents threw in 50 grand. And sometimes we've, the other extreme is... 50 grand. Yeah, I mean, the other extreme is that we've had first home buyers that have been given a million dollars and just said, here's a million, go buy your first home, get into the market. And so they ended up buying, um, you know, first home without a loan on it. So, you know, it is it, it is out there. You know, if someone's got three generations of family that have lived in Australia and all owned property, even just that, like they don't even have to be investors or they don't have to own a big Fortune 500 company or anything like that. Like if you just, if your grandparents owned one property and then the parents just kept it and they didn't sell it um, or they had one investment property like the grandparents did, then you know, there's a good chance. They, like as long as they keep it and you hold it for the long time, the long term, there's a good chance that you could have a large sum of cash just sitting there. And if you listen to our um, podcast and one of the articles that we wrote surrounding the intergenerational wealth like tsunami a few weeks ago, like I recommend checking that out because it paints a really good picture on the actual numbers of people that are sort of getting inheritance and wealth at the moment. And that that is a snowballing figure too. It is only growing. The baby boomers are essentially moving into this later stage of life and they're passing on a lot of cash. So it doesn't surprise me. I mean, 24.3% of residential sales being purchased with cash is that, that does surprise me a bit. Like that's a big number. Um, though I guess that's, that's only going up. So thanks everyone for tuning in. Make sure to check out www.tommy.com.au to get access to our How's the Market blog and join the main mailing list. And we shall see you again in next week's episode. You can follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Jonah underscore Tommy underscore Geelong and Tristan Larkin. Until next week's episode, bye-bye.